What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above the Pitch. Here we are in mid-December. Uh, December is jam-packed with a lot of game weeks in the Premier League. Uh, so since we are trying to podcast about once a week, we'll be giving you multiple game week reviews at once. Uh, since we're in the middle of December, we had game week 14, 15, and 16. Uh, a lot to cover. Uh, we'll try and give it to you in a good fashion timing uh, so we don't have too long of episodes. Uh, but here we go. So we're starting off with game week 14. Uh, game week 14, we had the Merseyside Derby. Uh, we had the full Derby Day. Uh, Arsenal Tottenham. We had Chelsea Fulham. Uh, what a fun-packed uh, week weekend we had. So, Flodo, what do you think about the weekend? What do I think about the weekend? Well, uh, it was a rough weekend for me, uh, watching my team tie against the bottom of the table. Southampton. Um, yeah. Uh, Mourinho putting out a play style for the players that I guess they didn't look comfortable and Southampton really took it to us, a team that didn't know how to score a goal or one goal in the game. Yeah, they and, really showed up. And they uh, they showed up and made us look like a bottom half table team and thankfully we got the tie. But uh, the the derbies were uh, pretty good this weekend. Uh, you had Liverpool-Everton. Yep. Uh, you went to England actually. Yeah, so a uh, special weekend. Uh went to my first Premier League game. Uh, this was a 10-day trip that I went to, uh, starting from the 30th all the way to about the 9th. Uh, first game started off, biggest game ever. And that's why we're kind of doing these podcasts all in like a shot right here, 14, 15, 16, since you were away. Right, right. You know. And it's easier just to recap a lot. Right. Um, yeah, what a magical moment. Merseyside yeah. Derby. I was thinking it's 0-0. I was so happy you're going to go see Liverpool draw at home. Yeah. Man United not happy for you at all. And then Van Dyke with the slice kick. You're thinking it's going out. Pickford jumps in the air. Decides to do a couple of pull-ups on the, <laughs> on the bar. And then all of a sudden you see the man of out of nowhere, yep. Origi, yep. with the goal to win. The game. Yep, magical. And it must have been amazing out there. It must have been uh, insane. Pandemonium. I can't even tell you. Yeah, I mean, seeing Anfield for the first time was unbelievable. Uh, always been thinking about this. And, you know, watching the game, it was very, very gritty game. Uh, a lot of one-on-one uh, tackles. Uh, you know, having that derby game, couldn't even hear the Everton fans. It was really, really loud in there. Loved the atmosphere. Uh, I have to say, I was disappointed about, I'd say, 85th minute. I noticed a lot of Liverpool fans getting up and leaving, and in my head I was like, that's not how you support your team. You better stay for a Merseyside Derby, especially 0-0. Right, and yeah, maybe, no business. maybe they're worried about the traffic after the game. Yeah. You know? I know that's something. Nothing that else matters care. when you're there. Right, exactly. If you're there, you're you there. You should definitely stay until the end, and so, people missed out on a wonderful moment, maybe one of the yeah. biggest moments of the year for your club. It could honestly be. Uh, I remember sitting there, and I was like, you know, you never know. Something could really happen. I feel like it was about plus four minutes at a time, and we're sitting here, and it's 95th minute, and uh, Allison gets the ball at about the 50, trying to just blast it forward, and here we are, Van Dyke, ball lands to him, top of the box, he goes to slice it, completely just shanks that ball, right. and the whole stadium is you pretty much in awe, it's done, and then out of nowhere... The one person I would never think in my life I would ever chant, Divock Origi, comes big, comes big. 
And he's, has he even played a game beforehand during um, the season? I honestly think that was like his first 10 minutes in like two seasons. And he did his job. And he did it. And that's what that's what championship teams do. I'll tell you that the Anfield just exploded singing Divacarigi for 30 minutes. Never thought I would say that ever. It was and, great. And you got to chant it. Yeah, there was it. There was another time. It was uh, when Man City won the league. When they won by goal differential. Yep. And uh, Sir Angus Ferguson uh, makes a comment about it after the season ends. He says, we tied 2-2 at Everton. And if we won that game, we would have won the season. Right. And Everton came back and wo- and tied it. And we lost the points. And, you know, Man City winds up scoring that 94th minute goal. Yeah, Aguero. Yeah, the Aguero. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this game for you guys has that same... Amount Feel. of impact, yeah, for your rest of your season. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a huge three points. Whenever you're going to play Everton, you know it's going to be physical. Doesn't matter who's on that roster. Uh, Everton played well. They they played fantastic. I have to say, uh, they played really well. You know, there were like always. It's been the same thing this season. There were some good chances that Liverpool supposed to put away. Right, Shakiri won on the right side of the box. I don't know what he was doing. Didn't get it in. Mane opposite side of the box. Didn't get it in. Uh, so we had a lot of moments where we should have put the game away already. But, you know, you got to give credit to Everton. Right. Um, and uh, they the best be, Liverpool goalkeeper, Pickford. Right. They shouldn't be upset with that <laughs> loss. I mean, obviously, a, a tie would have been great. A tie would have been a win for them. But, like, a loss to know that Liverpool were actually finally scared of, like... yeah. Uh, of a, a bad result. Yeah, yeah, scared of Everton. You know, having lost to them so many times in the past at home, um, Everton fought well, and yeah. uh, that's something to look forward to for the rest of their season. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what a great way to begin that trip, right? Um, and then also we had that game week, or actually the same day, uh, we had Arsenal Tottenham. So, right, uh, and that was a that's a big derby. that was a good clash. Yeah, that was a good derby game. Absolutely, uh, very classical in a sense. How you know both teams really hated each other and they got in each other's face. You know, yep. that's something you really don't see anymore in the game. You usually, see you know them shaking hands and uh, giving hugs and smiling at each other. You know, someone I really don't like off topic about Paul Pogba. You know, he's always happy with everybody, even if on the opposite team. I mean, if if it's Liverpool, Man United. You know, I want some spit in the face, you know. <laughs> I don't want you smiling and hugging him and telling him good job or nice pass, you know. These are two teams that have to hate each other, and that's what Arsenal and Spurs do really well. Yeah, they do. And that's something that the game lacked, I think, the last two years. And this year with uh, Emery in as coach and Pochettino as coach, they really even put on a display for the fans as well. Yeah. You know, it was heated from manager to player uh, action. Let me tell you. Eric Dyer, he's got some cojones. Uh, yeah, he's kind of uh, sleepless the rest of the season. I mean, uh, he, he was kind of quiet the rest of the scores season. Scores a game. goal scores. and shushes the Arsenal fans. Yeah, and that's what you got to do. He's out of his mind. But that's what you have to do. It's a derby <laughs> game. You know, you have to be... You have to be devilish. Yeah. You, know? you have to really go out the crowd because that, that increases the experience of the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was really close. Like, all the way up to the 74th minute, it was 2-2. Uh, at one point, Tottenham was leading, and then 70th minute, 74th, 77th, they just folded. Yeah. And Lucas Torreira, 
What a player. Got his goal. MVP of the team so far this season. Yeah, you know. I uh, mean, Aubameyang's getting the goals, but what Torreira's doing in the midfield is impeccable. He's, he's fantastic. He, you know, in the beginning of the season, he was missing a good amount of shots, but you saw some promise, and, yep. you know, we'll move on to the other game weeks, but he's been really doing mm-hmm. well. Um, so that was the clash, and then, of course, you had your Chelsea-Fulham, but Chelsea's been on fire. Right. Uh, so we didn't expect anything less. Uh, you know, Pedro scored. Uh, Loftus-Cheek got his goal in. So that was nice seeing a young English player do well. Yeah, Loftus-Cheek needs more starting playing time, you know. He's yep. uh, really good and deserves it. I mean, every time you put him on, he's going to produce an assist or a goal for you. Yep. You know, when does uh, Sari say, you know, okay, let's start this guy regularly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could see that happening. So then uh, I believe it was December 3rd. We had big news from Southampton. Uh, Mark Hughes out. Right. So they found the replacement. And uh, Hassan Huddle. So they brought Hassan Huddle in. Uh, they wanted to see if he could make a difference, right? So we're moving on uh, to game week 15. So game week 15, uh, we had a couple good games as well. Uh, we had Man United Arsenal. Man United Arsenal, that was the big clash of the week. Uh, again, like we said, uh, let's see here. Uh, we had Andy Martial. Give a good goal, right? Yeah, man. Uh, he was on fire. Uh, regular curler shot like he usually does. You know, um, you think Man United always have a chance against Arsenal. The game was pretty back and forth. Um, Man United always looking again like they're just fighting for their lives out there. You know, yeah. and Arsenal trying to put a game plan together and it getting a little bit bothered by Mourinho's tactics. But Arsenal always looked more threatening. They had the ball. They had possession, you know. I mean, that's something Mourinho lets other teams have. Uh, they score, we score, they score, we score immediately. Um, Arsenal had chances at the end of the game, and we luckily keep it at a 2-2. Yeah, so it was a big clash. But, you know, we have to talk about the game this week that changed the title race. And that was the big upset of Wolves beating Chelsea. No. Yeah, uh, Chelsea, being a team that they are, they always have a game where, they, okay, they look like they're doing in good form, and then the next game they really don't feel like they want to be there. Well, um, you know, yeah. that's just, I guess, how Chelsea is now. You know, because they have trophy winners on that team. You know, they've won it. They've all won it before, you know? And, well, I don't know, you don't feel like some game weeks they're like, they're there, and the other game weeks they're not. And they don't have a reason to not be. Well, you know what? I think a good point would be that we've been talking through a few podcasts already about Wolves, and we've been commenting that, you know, their results haven't been reflecting of how right. they are they've been playing. Right. Um, and finally, they showed, you know, they gave results that actually counted to what they've been trying to do. Um, I think, yeah, I could see that sometimes with Chelsea. Um, I think it's just trying to mix up the team where we find that issue. You know, when they try and put in Murata, things change up a lot. Yeah, uh, when they, they need switch a up their winger, you know, when they switch up Pedro and William, you see a difference in gameplay. So I mean, overall they're still they're still a strong side, they're still playing well, they're still contending. Right. So but you know, big upset. We'll we'll get to game week sixteen. And that's where the big upset happens. You know, but you know, that's when Chelsea beats Man City two zero, right? Right. So how are you going to tell me David Luiz 
gives that performance against Man City. And then he gives a terrible performance against Spurs, a terrible performance against Wolves. You know, how yeah. you know that level of consistency isn't there for Chelsea. You know, how do you go from winning the league to not even making uh, Champions League the next year? You know? Yeah. And I, I get Mourinho was a coach, whatever. The they always win the coach. Uh, they always win the league with the first uh, first year of the coach, right? Obviously not this year. Uh, they're not going to do it, right? But it's like okay, we won with this coach. All right, now we're in the second year with this coach, third year with this coach, and they they give less. Well, do you think some of it has to do with the league adjusting to sorry ball? No. Like, do you think Obviously, that- the team's in transition, and you don't expect the team to win the first year with a coach every year, like they do. Yeah, they do very well right. when they get a new coach. I mean, every time, basically, except for this time, basically. Uh, you know? Uh, I don't think it has to do with sorry ball that they're not playing. I think it has to do with them that they're not playing well. Right. Like, we know Morata has issues scoring goals. Okay, that's fine. That's that's an issue that that's already there. That's that's an issue why they can't finish games or, or score goals every game and they have to rely on Hazard, right? But you have you have this team full of EPL winners, right? Right. And they're just not playing well week in, week out. And I say, okay, yeah, not every player can play good week in, week out, but it's to the point where like it's based off who they're versing. It well, seems like it's based off who they're versing. I, I, I can agree with it. Uh, I can say that sometimes it just, they see when they play a lower end team, you know, they're not as intense. Uh, whereas when they know it's a big game, they come up and show up. Um, and I know I keep saying this and maybe it's not the reason, but Wolves game compared to City game, they had someone starting up top and that was Murata. Murata started up top against Wolves. They lost. That he didn't play at all against City, and they won. And yeah, you can't blame it on one team, right? Uh, uh, one, one player. player. Uh, but I think he ruins part of the dynamic. I think he takes away from the attack. I think uh, he, when he plays, a lot more stressed on Hazard, and because of this, uh, he's on the Hazard's on the ball more uh, and has trouble distributing, and it just kind of folds up top. You know, it's not like they don't have an attacking presence. Right, they uh, do. It's just they lose their finishing form in the in the final third. When they have the focus on giving it to their action. When they that. have, yeah. And right. They're not a team that, well, at the moment at least, or with the strikers that they have, they're not a team that's looking for a target man. You know, because that's what Murata provides, being a target man. Uh, but he's not that slow. No, he's not, but he doesn't play like he's quick. I mean, yeah, he always faces his back to the goal. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, he needs to learn how to run forward. And I mean, Yusari obviously doesn't trust Morata or Giroud in the big in the big league game. That's why he didn't start him against Man City. They both went the, with the false nine the next week. Yeah, I think you know. Sorry for Morata, but I think as Chelsea manager, he needs to just get rid of him. Just get rid of Morata. Use the money for somebody else. He's clearly not fitting into the tactics. Yeah, he scored a few times, but. You know, but who are they going go to go? They're not trusting him. They need to have a striker. Hazard no. might not stay next year. I, I wouldn't stay if I was him. Well, he might, I would definitely go. He to might Real pull the year and just you know stick around on a team that. But he has somewhere to go. De Gea doesn't have somewhere to go. De Gea signed his contract. He did have somewhere to go at points. 
Yeah, but he stayed because well, he that's knew, what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. That's why he had the same choice. But the time he signed his contract was because we signed Ebra, we signed Pogba, and how are you not going to stay when you when everything looks like it's going up? You know? Well, D is not stupid. He knows. Right. He knows that it wasn't as promising as it looks. Right. So, so but yeah, I mean, you know, thank goodness we're not managing Chelsea because they got some issues to take care of. But then again, you know, it's... You can have a slip up. You can you can lose against a small team, but they do it back. all the time. Chelsea does it all the time, and I think but I you think Sarri needs to remove the players that have won things, and they they look a little look, look, look a little inconsistent. Well, you know that's why Loftus Cheek is really performing, which right. is Nice, and you got Barkley out Instead there. I think you put Barkley, you put you put Conte, who tries his best every week. You know, you put you put Loftus Cheek out there. I mean, put Loftus Cheek out in the wing or something like that. I know he's not meant for it, but I don't know. He so tries. Yeah, I mean, look, at this moment, Chelsea's still in a good a good position for uh, the title race. Right, so we can't say much. Four, okay, they had one race. slip up. Top four, top four. But you know what? Uh, Man City also just had their first slip up, their first loss, right. which is huge, huge in the mm-hmm. title race. Now, uh, game week 16, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Which was to Chelsea. Right. So, you know, some people can argue, okay, it's one of Man City's losses. Uh, it most likely won't happen again. And they'll just gain their momentum again and come through. And that could be the case. And, uh, again, Liverpool can come up short um, and, you know, not win the league. So, that's something to look towards. Uh, other games that week uh, that were big was Man United. Uh, they did play well. Uh, they played against Fulham 4-1. Uh, obviously, Fulham... Doesn't have the best defense this year. No, 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 not at all. You have to score against them. How do you feel about Rashford? I mean, I think he came up big for you. Um, well, that game for Fulham, you had Mata in. And when you have Mata in, you score goals. You have creativity. And this was a game that we actually attacked for once. I guess Fulham was a low enough side where Mourinho trusted our players enough to say, you know what, go on and attack them. You know, give a little... Man United wing play against them. And, you know, they did it. And, um, you know, they played decently well. Uh, a little clustered in the midfield. But when you have Mata in, you're going to score goals. And you're going to be creative. And, and the team's going to look better. And just a comment. We're talking about game week 16 only because you transitioned from one Chelsea game to another. Right. So I wanted to bring up the Man United game of that week. Right. Um, and, yeah, you're right. I mean, Rashford's doing really well. Uh, I believe it was... I mean, we had four goals for four different players. We had Mata, Rashford, Young, and Lukaku all scoring. Rashford had two assists. He was good. He had Rashford, two assists and a goal. Yep. Rashford's a player that's always going to be running. He's always going to be giving his best because he's a Mancunian. You know, he's a part of the club in his heart. You know, so he's going to give his best every time. And yep. that's what he does. He runs his heart out. Yep. And, you know, he had a fantastic game. And he's going to, you know, hopefully keep having fantastic games and hopefully get a spot on the team. Uh, consistently, where he, he'll actually be in the starting eleven because Lukaku's not having a good year, and you know it, part of his service is very poor. But you know you've been playing top flight football for I don't know almost a decade, right? You've been playing football since you've grown up. How do you have a first touch that looks like that? You know they gotta like after after practice, just send some balls at them. Yeah. Just send some balls at him, just for 30 minutes. I know. And just get the touch. I understand he's a big guy. He looked like he gained a lot of weight. He said he put on uh, 
extra muscle for the World Cup because that would suit uh, the World Cup better. And now he needs to lose that muscle and that weight, and he looks a little bit slower and more sluggish. Well, maybe he's getting his regimen from uh, Higuain. Ah, uh, Higuain <laughs> looks skinnier than he him. Has, he has Higuain's diet plan. So, <laughs> I, I, like, how can you want to be one of the best strikers in the Premier League and be a part of the biggest club in the Premier League and just not put in That's that extra opinion. effort? That's up to opinion. It's not up to opinion. <laughs> It's not up to opinion. It'll never be up to opinion. All right, yeah, yeah. Man United are the biggest club in the Premier League. Right. Forever. Yeah, sure. We could lose the next 20 seasons. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. And we'll still make more money than every single club. Well, listen. Um, we have a tractor sponsorship with John Deere. We have a Man United tractor. <laughs> that's terrible. Ed Woodward is a beast. <laughs> that's terrible, yeah. Except that signing players, but well, he's really good at... Uh, Signing uh, tractor sponsorships. Yeah. Liverpool's well, good at eating Dunkin' Donuts, though. So, yeah. <laughs> we won't even get into this. It'll just take too long. Um, but, um, you know, we also have to talk about Liverpool just because of the title race. You have to talk right. about the teams that are getting close. Uh, uh, another dominant win against Bournemouth. Yeah. Who so, have been horrid as of late. Yeah. So, um, we have to say, you know, Liverpool won Burnley 3-1. Uh, yeah, small team. Burnley's not doing well. But, you know, every point counts, so three points from there. And then we had the Bournemouth game. Uh, Salah, hat-trick. Yep, good form. That's when he finally starts good form. Uh, so that's really big. Uh, I mean, oh, you know, he's been in good form. A goal a game. This look, time he scores three. Look, 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 look. I think, looking from the outside, looking just at results, Salah is doing well. Yeah, I think he's been if, doing well the whole season. If you watch how he's playing, right? You watch how he takes his shots, uh, positioning. It's not up to par of last year. I'm not expecting the results to be up to par. Right. I'm not expecting him to get the same goals. Right. But he doesn't have that same uh, presence on the pitch. He has a lot of moments where it's a, it's a shot that he would always get in last year. And now, maybe due to lack of confidence, he's not... mental. He's not putting it he's in. He's expecting too much from himself. Well, poss- probably. He's very tough on himself, and that's why he doesn't celebrate as much. So that's what I'm saying. Hat-trick is a big deal. I think that's going to add to his confidence. Hopefully, we'll see him adding more to his presence on the pitch. Right. Because obviously, he's going to draw defenders. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed there's been a lot of times he'll be in the box and completely miss the shot. You know, I don't expect it to be in the back of the net every time, but you got to put it on target. Right. If you're going to be the best player... Arguably, not, you know, obviously I know Kevin De Bruyne, uh, but if you're going to be arguably one of the best players in the league last year, you have to show it on the pitch. Just like Hazard. You know, everyone talks about Hazard, right? But if you look at goals, it's not like an insane amount of goals. But if you watch him play, you can see the effect on the pitch. Right. You're you're worried when he touches the ball. You're worried when he takes a shot. It's always going to be on target. Salah hasn't been showing that. But, again, when you're looking at it from the outside, when you're just looking at results, you're not watching full game. Right. All right, Salah's doing great. I don't know why Liverpool fans are complaining. You know what I mean? And when Liverpool fans, I mean, I can at least speak for myself in a good majority, uh, when they start complaining about Salah, it's not like a uh, Salah's not doing good, get rid of him or stop right. playing him. It's more of like we really expect him to play at a certain level. Uh, and, you know, if he's not putting the back of the net, He's as forceful on the pitch, so it opens up other play. Maybe Mane steps up. Maybe Firmino steps up. So, right. I'm happy. You have that this year where someone else steps up. Right. It's uh, not just him. 
Right, you and know? that's that's big. That's big for him. I think that's why he's going to get his confidence uh, because he doesn't have to always rely on him. Uh, now we're a team that has other attacking components to it. Right. So, uh, just want to mention, uh, while I was in England, uh, the game I went to for that game week, uh, for 15, not 16, uh, game week 15 was Spurs-Southampton, mm-hmm. uh, legendary Wembley Stadium. How uh, was the Wembley Stadium? Uh, it's beautiful. It really is. It's huge. Uh, the, a lot of Tottenham supporters came out. It's not the same feel as Anfield. Right. I'm not saying be because I'm a Liverpool fan. And much more closer. It, it is. Uh, you sit a lot closer to the person next to you. Uh, it was obviously a packed house. Uh, there's right. less seating there, though. Um, so And you're very tight to the right. pitch. Right. There's only uh, one other stadium in the UK that's uh, Europa. I mean, a Champions League and International League ready, which is Old Trafford. Yeah, sure. You yeah. have to always talk about Old Trafford. Just saying. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> uh, Five-star stadium. So, you know, Wembley's a beautiful stadium, uh, but it's not as many people. I mean, it, it's it's too many seats. So right, so it feels empty. You feel a bit disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we were sitting kind of at the 50-yard line, so you have the supporters section away from us, and, and it's not the same feel, per se. Uh, beautiful stadium, though. They put on a great show. Um uh, Spurs were just playing fantastic. Southampton looked like a chicken without a head. Like they um, usually do, unlike against Man United, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they were just like, look completely disconnected. They, right. didn't, they looked like they didn't know what to do. Um, someone who I thought was really good on Southampton was just getting me completely frustrated. And that was Nathan Redmond. I think that's because he got confidence from the Man United game where he really took it to us. Well, maybe, but you know what? Like... If you're getting thrashed by Tottenham, right. you're not supposed to be holding the ball. Now he's holding the ball, he's taking it out to the wing. You're like, all right, he's gonna give, uh, he's gonna give a pass in, across in. Uh, we have Gambiadini was starting that game, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't doing it. He was just holding to the ball, and he'd either give a bad pass backwards or get it taken away. Uh, and again, I'm criticizing him because I think he's better than that. Right, I think he could do better than that. He's a great dribbler. He's one of the top players on the team. Uh, then they put in Charlie Austin. He showed his class. He had a great finish. Uh, threw pass down the middle, one on one, curled it around the keep. Mm-hmm. Great goal. Uh, but you know, Spurs put on the clinic. Youngman's son, looking like he's back. He played phenomenal yeah. that game. Uh, big presence. He had Lucas Mora scored his goal. I wasn't too fond about his goal. You know, right. he took a shot deflection. He put it back in. Um, and then Harry Kane put his goal in, which was fantastic. Uh, it's a great feeling watching your fantasy player put it in in real life. So that was cool. When Son and Lucas uh, are in form, Tottenham look much deadlier than when they usually have just Erickson and Kane. When yeah. when Son and Lucas find form, you're worrying about two more two more players. Yeah. Well, it spreads receiving the, the ball. Field. Yeah, it does. It opens up their game plan and it really helps them play better and get more goals. I mean, earlier in the season when Lucas and Son weren't really in good form, they're winning games one zero. You know, they're just getting something. But when they're in form, they're scoring more than two goals a game. Yeah, I mean, the big thing with Son is when he is in top form, he's not only providing you with width, but if he's in the good right position, he has an amazing shot. You know, he's one of the best finishers on the team. Right. So, you know, with wingers, you usually have to worry about him being a dribbler, uh, being a good crosser, but he has that and the striking ability. So there's a lot to cover with Son, and he's a physical player. So he's a, he's a big frame. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, he, he played well. The team played well. It just was overall a great game. Um, and one of the last games to talk about was... We'll talk about Chelsea and Man City then. Yeah, well, we touched upon that, right? We did. So, I think we talked about David Luiz, how he came through, gave a great, great defender. Goal. Yeah. Great defender, great game for him, and a great goal. who sealed the deal. You had Conte. Again, amazing. Yeah, what a goal. Um, they were just, Man City were just beat in the midfield, and that usually doesn't happen often. And Chelsea were just so secure and organized. They were a wall, and there was no way Man City was going through. I think it was just, I couldn't believe it when I was looking down at my phone and just looking at the, ga- the game score and being like, wow, I can't believe they're holding on. So, huge upset, uh, and that opened up the title race a bit. So, uh, last game I just want to touch upon was the last game I went to on Game Week 16, uh, which was at London Stadium, mm-hmm. West Ham Crystal. So, that's actually another derby game. That was uh, in the middle, I would say. A lot more seating than Anfield, Uh but it was a packed house, uh, very good game. Uh, Chicharito came through, played well. Robert Snodgrass with the curler. Yeah, he's been... uh, Where is he coming from? I mean, I always liked him when he played for Norwich. Yeah. And uh, then he kind of disappeared. I guess he went to the championship, maybe? I'm not sure about his track record. Uh, But... He always makes something. Like, he's a creative player, and he has a good shot. So, I think that's a great signing from West Ham um, to have him. And he's definitely going to be another source of goals yeah. for West Ham. Yeah. And then, of course, just to top it off, Felipe Anderson with that goal. I mean, the place went wild. Uh, Felipe Anderson with a curler uh, from the left side of the box. Um, fantastic. Fantastic display by West Ham. Uh, hopefully, they keep it up. And, you know, they show that they're a big team. Yeah, they have a start. They're without Arnautovic and Yarmolenko, and they're still playing well. So imagine when they come in. Right. That's going to be killer. They so, went from bottom of the table to, you know, uh, top ten. Yep. So, yep. That's fantastic. That's big news. So uh, that's our recap for uh, Game Week 14, 15, and 16. Uh, some big things happening, uh, opening up in the title race, uh, City dropping points, Chelsea dropping points, uh, Liverpool three wins in a row, uh, Mark Hughes out, uh, uh, and then Hassan Huddle in. Uh, so we're going to see what Game Week 17, 18, and 19 have in store, uh, and we'll talk about that next time. Thanks, everyone.